welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we are here to tell you interesting tales from the world of the weird. Mmm. That's that's a the world of the weird I is know. wonderful. I know. Yeah. You're right. That's a good sort that of like flowed better than it usually does. Like weekly world news, some sort of a publication that rounds yeah. up outlandish stories from around the, the world. The world of the weird. The world of the weird. I feel like it's that's probably untapped. out there. I wonder if anybody's used that. I wonder too. I've I haven't heard of it off the top of my head, but I could see going to that website and it being taken. Yeah, somebody put out. together a newsletter, tether it to us, it's our entity, but you run it. I don't want to do anything. Hang on. The world of the weird dot com. Um, no, there's no the world of the weird dot com. So, okay. All right. I'm going to buy it up, before the night is up out. for grabs for us. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I, yeah. I've, I've invested a lot in domains recently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not the place for that. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I'm going to go first and I have kind of a weird presentation for you guys tonight. I have a mini monster. That's not a monster. So it's just a mini segment and it's not even that, that mini. Um, and then I have kind of a short main segment. So really I just have kind of like two stories okay. tonight to take up the length that I might usually take. Maybe if that, well, you have the floor. <laughs> Thank God. I'm happy to take it. Um, <laughs> My first, my mini monster is based on something that I was totally wrong about, and I felt like a dumbass the second I realized, but I didn't feel like changing it. So I was looking in my notes to start taking, you know, my notes for this week's episode, and I have them numbered, you know, like as we go, episode 76, 77, whatever. Our last episode was 77, and I got 77 stuck in my mind as this week's episode, and I thought to myself, hey, repeating numbers, why don't I look up angel numbers and the meanings of different repeating numbers? Angel numbers? Yes. And then I realized this is episode 78, you dummy. Yeah, yeah. So, a little late, but I was trying to be on theme, and I missed. Okay, fair enough. But anyway, we're still going to talk about it. So, angel numbers are uh it's like the concept of when you see repeating numbers and that's supposed to mean that angels are trying to communicate with you in some way so it's either them kind of giving you just like a hey heads up i'm with you i see you uh-huh. or there are different um meanings ascribed to different specific numbers oh, that's that you could look up and be like oh my god i saw like i keep seeing like 444 all over the place today and you looked up and you're like oh 444 means blah 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 i didn't know that i know of people like seeing signs and synchronicities mm-hmm. that happen around them i don't think i've heard of angel numbers oh, maybe really? i've heard that phrase before yeah but didn't really attach yeah. any meaning to it that's yeah. weird yeah it's like a very specific kind of synchronicity okay and so the numbers can appear anywhere it doesn't have to be that specific so it could be on clocks like the time it could be on billboards phone numbers uh license plates those are all common things where people tend to notice them and kind of get some meaning from them so basically the thought is that your angels either your specific guardian angels or just kind of like angels around in the universe whatever are somehow guiding you to see that number at that time so it might be that um you know angels have kind of like tapped you on the shoulder at 444 again so that you turn and look at the clock and see 444 they're not just like placing numbers like random places and it's all happenstance it's all kind of in the idea that they are guiding you to see these things when they want you to for this reason you know they're or whether it's like having you move or somehow physically moving objects like somehow an angel guides a guy who's in the car lane to the left of you to go into your lane in front of you so that you can see that his license plate is 444 right or whatever it is um so i've heard this before and i wasn't sure 
what the origin of them is, like where that idea first came into play. And it seems like this woman named Doreen Virtue was the person who either came up with the idea of angel numbers or started interpreting numbers in this way, or maybe she's just the one who popularized it in the biggest way. But definitely Doreen Virtue is attached to angel numbers. As I'm saying her name out loud, I wonder if her name is really Doreen Virtue. I know. Or if that is... You know, a, a, a stage name, name of yeah. sorts. Yeah. Um, so she wrote a book in the 80s called Angel Numbers and Their Meanings. And she's basically big in the world of angels and divination stuff in general because she wrote that book. And then she has a number of um, – like not just – when I say a number, it makes it sound like a couple. She has a whole bunch of oracle decks, which are kind of like tarot cards, except that where tarot cards has a specific system where there's the major arcana and minor arcana and all that kind of stuff that we talked about in a previous episode. If you look up – divination um it's in that episode but um oracle cards are way more freeform where it's just kind of the designer of them has made a design and then put a meaning to that design and you shuffling them and you doing it and you having your energy that you want to check out what's in this oracle deck is kind of affecting what you pick up and you're like oh okay i'm reading this right now and this applies to me in this way so similar to tarot you can do spreads with them and things like that but i think they're more commonly just taken one at a time to get like a quick little message and much more fluid in the way that they're formed. So she has written a ton of, uh, and designed a ton of Oracle decks and a little guidebooks that go with them for like all kinds of creatures. There are like, uh, angel Oracle decks or mermaid Oracle decks. There are all kinds of things. And, um, so I, so like I said, they're more freeform than tarot. And I was thinking that, from the outset being like okay like a mermaid oracle deck it's like oh it makes you might think off the bat like oh this certain mermaid has a certain message for a person like what the hell does that all mean but i think that in the same way that you bring your own perspective and your own energy of that day your own vibe to tarot cards you're bringing your own vibe to the oracle cards so you're going to take in more from something that appeals to you than you are from something random so if you're somebody who's super duper into mermaids and you'd like to see the messages that you know are kind of written in the character of a mermaid or something that's gonna be more useful to you maybe than a tarot deck which is kind of just more general and less prescribed with oracle decks you can pick the one that appeals to you the most and you might have a little bit more of a personal relationship with it because of that so you might have a tarot deck and have a Mm -hmm. oracle deck oracle deck yeah and you can like use them in tandem like you could do like a tarot spread and then do an oracle card on top of that one that you are using to kind of inform the message from that tarot card Mm. and like build out from there gotcha so, um, so yeah, so Doreen Virtue is somebody who is prolific in the world of oracle decks and divination in that way. But something that's very interesting is that semi-recently, so only in 2017, she renounced all of these old things that she used to do because she says that she saw a vision of Jesus that led her to understand that everything that we need spiritually comes from following, following him and the scripture. And um, he doesn't want anybody doing any sort of divination work or any kind of like psychic-like nudging into huh. that world. So I was reading on her website, she discontinued the printing of most of her products and had her name removed from um, some of the ones that are still being printed. And it had just kind of a throwaway line about something about partnerships. So I would imagine that means that she couldn't just cancel everything full stop because maybe they're like collaborations. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe she like collaborated with an artist on an Oracle deck. And so they have partial ownership of it. So she can't just cut off production or something, but she's removed her name from everything that she could. Um, 
And she says that she still believes in angels, but she says that we're not supposed to call on them ourselves and try to like interact with them directly, that we should pray to God and he will send them to us. Okay, so, so it's just it's just at which level in the hierarchy yeah, are like, you interacting? Kind of like obviously in you know Christianity and other beliefs, like God would be above angels, uh-huh. but I guess it's almost like um, like going over God's head to try to talk to an angel directly, right? Because there are also angels who are in char- like archangels who are in charge of certain things, and so I guess it's like it's not for you to decide which angel you need. You should pray to God and he's going to send you whatever you need in the form of yeah. what a- whatever angel is best served for that. It's like you go to Best Buy mm-hmm. and you want to know if they have the new Nintendo Labo VR headset in stock. Right. But instead of going into the back room and talking to the people that work in the warehouse, you're supposed to talk to the people that run the floor. Well, I'm exactly. So you see where Dream Virtue is coming from with this. Yeah, it's just inappropriate to go directly to the angels, go to God. He can deliver the message to the angels. It's just inappropriate. It's just all. inappropriate. It's just inappropriate. It's so funny that she wanted – like that was such a big deal that she had to get her name scrubbed from every single one of those products. Well, it sounds like it was a real world rocker. Like I didn't go super, super far into her website, but she basically – looks like she has blog posts that are like why you should reject the new age movement Uh like she was one of the like spearheads of the new age movement she was like a really big deal and a lot of her work if not all of it was about divination and kind of psychic work and contacting spirits and getting messages from them so she one day woke up and was like oh my god everything that i've been doing is wrong it's exactly the opposite of what i should do then i could see why she would just want to do a rejection of and be like i don't want to be involved in any of this and encouraging other people to do it because now I think I found what is like the way. Yeah. And it's also interesting that I think about it that she had so many different kinds of Oracle decks, like the angel deck, the mermaid deck, the whatever deck, because that's kind of suggesting that there are a bunch of different ways for you to communicate with your own spirituality. You might, you know, really resonate with mermaids to like that deck, or maybe you resonate with mermaids on one day and angels on a different day. And it's kind of this very customizable mix and match way to engage with divination spirituality. Right. And now she seems to just be saying, nope, there's just one way. Like yeah. not only should we reject all these decks, like I shouldn't even had all this variety of decks. There is specifically one way to do this, and it is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's funny too that not to cast a judgment on anyone for what they believe in. It's funny mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, I've been creating all these oracle decks and telling you how to contact angels for mm-hmm. decades in a variety of ways. Listen, all right, I gotta come clean. You shouldn't believe in any of that <laughs> stuff. What you should believe is this, like, right. you know, like rather than being like it was all a hoax. And she has products now, like that kind of like go with scripture and Jesus things like that. So I don't know if I would, I don't think from what I read on her website that she's like, it was a hoax or like I was wrong. I think she just kind of thinks she, well, I guess she thinks she was wrong, but she just kind of misguided yeah. and now she understands. Okay. You know, it, it, I don't know. It doesn't seem like she was like, nope, wrong, stupid, whatever. But I think she's like disappointed that she was that way. Okay. It kind of reminds me of Anne Rice a little bit. Like Anne Rice um, is a born again Christian, maybe around the same time this happened. And now she's not hot on her vampire books that she wrote. Yeah, she wrote Interview with the Vampire Mm -hmm. and um, like – Like, you know, Sexy Lestat or whatever. Gideon's Rock Core. What was it? Uh, Queen of the Damned. Oh, Queen of the Damned. I was talking about this the other day with Bobby because Jonathan Davis produced the soundtrack. Yep. Uh, and so he wrote songs with uh, people like the guy from Disturbed and Aaron Lewis. Yeah. And uh, I used to listen to that album 
constantly. I remember you really being a fan of that album. Oh, sure yeah. I was. And there's a song that uh, the only thing I remember from it was a song that goes, you see, I cannot be forsaken. That sounds right. Because I'm not the only one. Oh my God, who did that? <laughs> and then I think it goes, I, I think it's the guy from Disturbed. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, we walk among you feeding, killing. Then the next line is, plus we hide from everyone. <laughs> That's such a weak which might be to that. the weakest way. That's really to funny. Finish your chorus. We kill plus, people, we do all this stuff, plus we hide from everyone. Plus we hide from everyone. Plus Yeah. PS. But there but wait, there's more. We're gonna hide. Plus we hide. Just the word plus in hide. that is funny. Plus is like very not even weak. like in addition, we hide in the right. shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've just talked about how you cannot plus be we forsaken. Hide from everyone. Yeah. Plus. <laughs> like it's like bordering on it's colloquial. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's insane. That's anyway. Amazing. I can't believe she renounced those works. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shock to all it's of hard us to understand. in the all of us Lestatians. <laughs> In the community. I was wearing my stockings watching the movie. Oh, what a coincidence. You know what? I renounced that joke. That's stupid. It's okay. Thank you. It does what it needs to do. Do you know what angel numbers mean? Do you have yes. any? Okay. So that's the next thing. So um, I got the meaning of angel numbers from thesecretoftarot.com or thesecretofthetarot.com because I thought uh, a lot of sites cite Doreen Virtue's explanation of the angel numbers. I can only assume that this is just paraphrasing them, but I was like, well, this lady wants it scrubbed so bad. I'll find somebody else's source for the angel numbers. Okay. If it means so much to her, you know. That's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> There's no way she should ever know. <laughs> she, I won't use your knowledge. Knows. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and these, I'm going to say all the individual number, but imagine these in sequence. So, so when I say one, think of 1111 or three ones or even more. Okay. okay. A gaggle of ones. Right. So one, this is the number of originality, leadership, and independence. When this number appears, it could signal the beginning of something new and original in your life. Two, this is the number of cooperation, association, and sensitivity to others and could be a sign that you need to cooperate more or be more sensitive to others. Three, the number of spirituality, creativity, and self-expression. The angels may use this number to show you new avenues of conviviality and creativity. Four, this is the number associated with stability, work, and career. When you see this number, it is often a warning about your career situation. Five, associated with adventure, excitement, and higher consciousness, it is a sign that good times are on their way. Six, this number represents everything connected with home, including family ties and responsibilities. Seven, this is a sign that you are in alignment with your spiritual purpose, for seven is the number of spirit. Opportunities to align with divine purpose will open up to you. Eight, the number of abundance and and material prosperity, the angels are sending you guidance on how you can attract that abundance while achieving your deeper spiritual purpose. Nine, this is the number of the accomplishment of your soul's deeper purpose. It is a sign from your source that it is time to start your real work. Whoa, what is your real work? I don't know. Zero is not on there? No. It's funny that six didn't mention the beast. Yeah, it is funny that six didn't mention the beast. The only time that numbers, you know, yeah. repeated numbers mean anything yeah, to anyone else on the planet. Yeah, famous repeated number. Six, six, six. Maybe they were just like, best not to even mention it. Yeah. Because I just looked back at it when you said that. I was like, maybe it's like the opposite of the beast is six. But no, it's yeah, about it like family, right? Family. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, 
the dark trinity of beasts. That's true. And again, trinity. Yeah. Numbers. Oh, yeah, you're right. Numbers are very important. You're right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So obviously seeing these all the time could be confirmation bias. Maybe if you're sure. somebody who's really into angel numbers, you're kind of looking out for them. But you know what? If you're really into them and looking out for them gives you some for- sort of comfort and some sort of like tap on the shoulder you feel that's like everything's okay, then as long as you're not making like life-altering decisions based on the angel numbers and stuff, I say go for it. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Theory. Yeah. Number stations are used to spread the angels' messages out to people. Ooh. Double. Yeah, I guess it depend it depends on how many how often repeating numbers happen on number stations. Is that I a guess, lot? is it does it have to be repeating numbers? Yes. Okay. Well I think a lot of them do go like three, seven, 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 eight, yeah. nine. Um, then yes, it, I wonder if there are number stations that are all repeating numbers. That'd be interesting. And there were websites I will say that I guess it doesn't – I think for angel numbers, it has to be repeating numbers. There were websites that I found that had meanings for like a million bajillion numbers, like single digit and like multiple digits. But I think that that kind of applies a little bit more to just numerology straight right. up. I think as as far as the single digits, I mean, I think as long as it's a repeating number, it falls into the realm of angel numbers. But I think people kind of just took it and ran with it. Oh, okay. So I think these are the only real like prescribed ones. Gotcha. Because I, w- I was going to say another further connection would be that the show Lost was all about mm-hmm. – for 8, 15, 16, 23, 42, yeah. which were broadcast from a number station, but also would pop up in people's lives in unexpected ways. Right. Um, oh, so good. And so in that sense, they function kind of like angel numbers, aside from not being, you know, repeated single digits. Yeah. But uh, still- Yeah, they, I guess it was kind of a sign that the island was calling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the angel's calling. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, it's so strange. I know. So I think as long as it's not a disempowering thing in your life, as long as you're not being like led around by it, then, you know, sweet. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Is there any like combo work here? Can you get like three number sevens and a couple twos? You know- I guess, again, I guess it all depends on your perspective. If you feel like that's an angel number to you or that's some sort of sign to you, then yeah, it is. All of this stuff is a matter of the way that you take it in. Well, then you know what? I do think that could happen. What could happen? Oh, the sevens and twos? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, you know, maybe it's like, maybe it's supercharged. Everything's gone all sixes and sevens. Isn't that like British slang? Yes. Someone out there knows what I said, but yeah. not what I meant because right. I didn't know what it mean, meant. What I, said. I think it means you're you're feeling all crazy. I was at sixes and sevens. Really? I think so. Huh? You I know, know Austin Powers says seven, it. Right? Hell yeah, I do. Yeah, you know what I don't know, seven? We, I don't know who should talk about you it. Know what seven did, right? Yeah, but I'm afraid seven's going to hear us, and then he's going to go ham. Seven did something. Seven doesn't need ham anymore because of what he did. That's right, because he ate nine. He ate nine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what was nine? What's nine? Nine is the number of the soul, uh, the number of the accomplishment of your soul's deeper purpose. It's oh. a sign from source that it is time to work to start your real work. Oh, because of seven, you're not ever going to yeah. start your real work. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You can kiss that goodbye. So, what are we stuck with with seven? You know, it's that you're in alignment with your spiritual purpose. So that's pretty good. That's I mean, pretty good. it seems like it's kind of similar to nine, to tell you the truth. Yeah, you're right. So maybe that's why seven had a grudge. <laughs> I mean, that's why seven, eight, nine. It was yeah. just like, this is obsolete. You're redundant. You came after me and you're saying the same thing as me. You're just a copycat. I want yep. you out of here. Pack your so bags. I eat you. It's yeah. time to go. <laughs> Into my tummy. Yeah. <laughs> so, on to topic number two. Yes. Total, nothing, not connected. disconnected. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Do you, have you ever heard of the story of the man from Torrid? 
And that's how I'm going to pronounce it. I don't know if it's Tourette. It's T-A-U-R-E-D. Yes, I, I think I have. Okay. Hold on. Hold yeah. the phone. Does okay. this have something to do with time travel? Yes, it could. Didn't we talk about this, man? Did we? Oh, God. We might have. Was, oh, no. Did he appear on message boards? No. Oh, okay. Then I'm thinking okay. of the time traveler that was like posting online. Yeah, there was a man. Oh, I, talking about. Yeah. Oh, I think I know why I have my wires crossed because this uh-huh. was somebody else that was like sort of from like another dimension or place yeah. that doesn't exist on the map. Yes. Something like that. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. I, okay. Excellent. Wait, did we talk about it? I don't think so. I know. I know. Okay. I know of it at least in concept because of the podcast. Tell him, Steve, Dave. I think they okay. covered it at some point, but I don't remember anything other than like like a man turned up and he was like, I'm from Torad. Yeah, yeah. But I got my wires crossed with the guy that was like, I'm from another time yeah it's just time or a place yes. it's the same thing but i'm very excited i'm waiting for that day to come where i forget that we were that one of us covered something and i go to do it again i know i know or can only hope that i put a fresh spin on it or waiting for that day where you're sent out on like a business trip and yeah. when you land they're like cool so like uh yeah where are you from you're like new jersey and they're like yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> you're from where yeah it's probably a nightmare for this guy i've never heard of it Sounds terrible. I'm very excited for this, Kristen. Okay. This is an interesting story overall. Like, the story itself is interesting, and then the way this story even came to be is very interesting. So, the deal with the man from Torrid is that in 1954, a guy flew into an airport, uh, an airport, an airport in Tokyo coming from Europe with a passport that said he was from a country called Torrid. <laughs> So he like appeared to be European. He was like a white guy who had a beard and he had several kinds of European currency on him. Like he was a frequent traveler. He's going all over the place. But there was one problem. None of the officials there had ever heard of a country called Torrid. What year is this again? 1954. Okay. So, but his passport looked legit and he seemed like kind of just like a legit businessman. So they're very confused by this whole thing. So they, you know, they're at the gate or whatever, trying to figure this out and they're not, nobody's able to come to a conclusion. So like, all right, we're going to put this guy in a room to figure this out. And they were worried that he was maybe some sort of like criminal, like a trafficker or a smuggler or something like that. Who did a really bad job with their fake passport. Bad, but also kind of good because the passport looked so real that they were right. thrown. If it looked, if they were bad, it'd be so obviously fake that you're just like, what are you trying, sir? Yeah, like, exactly. You know what I mean? But yeah, you could have chosen a At real country. Rate, yeah. Why would you pick a fake country? If you were yeah. trying to get away yes. with something, why would you write? It's like McLovin. Yeah. From super bad. Why yeah, like, would you who, put why that would down? You believe, nobody's going to believe that what are you talking about yeah so um they you know they put him in this room and the guy was pissed about the holdup he said that he has traveled to japan tons of times over the past five years for business three times in that year alone and but they could i see there are two versions of the story they could either find no evidence of the company that he said he worked for or they called the company he worked for and they had no idea who he was. Okay. Either way, things are still not really adding up. And also, I was thinking kind of in either version of this story. Well, I guess only in the version of you're looking for the company maybe. You know, we have the internet now so you could look up whatever company. And if it doesn't come up, it doesn't come up. Were they just in the yellow pages in 1954? Like, where is this thing? Yeah, I where guess so. Where is Torrid Enterprises? Like. There's R and there's S and then there's nothing in the T's. Right. So it had to be very tedious. Um, or were they like calling the phone line with all the ladies and being like, you please connect me to Torrid Enterprises? And they're like, I don't know. So I don't know how they figured this stuff out. Um, also, the bank that his checkbook was from didn't exist. 
Oh my god! So just like going through all his effects and like nothing is adding up. Like they haven't heard of any of this stuff. Basically. If this guy is from Torad, if he's yeah. not from you know our universe, yeah, this poor dude. I know, just held up and and either confused because yeah. maybe he's not realizing what's happening, or super nervous and like sweating bullets. Like oh my god, I thought I was gonna get away with this. They told me that this would work. Oh, like, that's interesting. Yeah. Why isn't this working? They they gave me all of this stuff. You know, I assumed that Torad was a real. Place. I thought Torad was real. When they gave me this yeah, passport. if I knew that this was a fake thing, we we're trying to pull over on somebody. I would have made them give me a real country. Yeah. So, um, he said he could, sp- or no, he, not just he said he could speak Japanese. He could speak a couple of other languages, and just add to this idea that he has been to Jap- Japan back and forth. So this should just be like another day at the office. What is the big deal? Um, and he spoke French natively. So they brought him a world map finally. And they're like, show us where Torred is. Like, none of us know where this is. Show it. And he's looking at the map. And he was very confused and irritated that he couldn't find Torred on the map. He's like, it's supposed to be here. He said that it was where the Principality of Andorra was, along with parts of France and Spain. And he said it had been a country for like a thousand years. So like, what the hell? Why isn't it on this map? This, this all isn't making any sense. Yeah, this is a fake map. Yeah. And he's starting to get pissed. And he's like, well, you need to figure it out. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm from Torred. This is my fake bank. This is my fake work. My fake country. Like, I don't know. You figure it out because this is really annoying. Um, And they they couldn't come to an agreement because everything looked so legit they couldn't disprove it exactly like they didn't know what to do basically so they're like we, we have to figure this out we can't just let this guy go because what if he's a bad guy and this is all still very suspect so they put him up in a hotel room for the night and they're like well you know we'll touch base again i don't know what the hell we're gonna do with this here um so the room his hotel room had two guards standing outside that he couldn't leave and he didn't leave the room like they had dinner delivered to him and he went to bed pretty early well you know room that's service. great hell yeah i'll <laughs> tell people that i'm from Torrid if i get sick room service yeah exactly french toast sticks oh for dinner <laughs> <laughs> this uh this grilled cheese is for the man from Torah. Yeah. thank you that is me i am the man from Torad. So he was in his room the whole night, as far as these guards knew, and then went to bed early because it had been a long day of aggravation and shakeup. You're tired when you travel anyway. He's going from Europe to Japan. He, like, opened the refrigerator and stood in it because in his dimension, the refrigerator is that flat thing in the bedroom, and you sleep in the fridge. That's right. He didn't understand any of this stuff. he's like a – They told him all this was going to be different. He thought he would know the lay of the land. I don't know where anything is. This guy's a real mork. Yeah. He's a real mork. There's no actual evidence of morkish behavior, I will say. He seemed totally normal. Okay. No evidence of him trying to sleep in the fridge or anything. Normal dude, getting room service, going to bed early because this has been one hell of a day. Yeah. So then in the morning, when they go to get him to do more questioning, they open the door to the room and it's empty. He is gone. There's no one in there. The guards say that nobody left all night. They're both, you know, awake and alert. And the only other exit besides the front door is a window, and they're on a very high floor, and it doesn't have a ledge or anything. There's just this guy disappeared. There's no evidence of what happened to him, and we never know. Quite frankly, what a relief. I know. I know. 
yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like, well, I guess we don't have to worry about that. That's a lot of paperwork that's, I won't have to do. That's like the universe's problem. I guess he's like, back in Torah. I know he landed with us, yep. but like, I, I did, you know, we really don't have anything to do with this. This guy landed in our laps and he left. So. What am I supposed to do? He's yeah. from another universe. What do you want me to do with this guy? <laughs> Just go back to working at the airport. All his knowledge is useless. Yeah. You get, if you get zapped to another dimension and you don't even know how the hell you got there to begin with, there was just some sort of a flood. The membrane between dimensions was wafer thin. Yes. Somehow you slopped through. You end up in another world. Membrane and slopped through. That was disgusting. Well, I'm not wrong. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, New Jersey doesn't exist anymore. And you're telling people, but I'm from New Jersey. What do you mean that that's Southern New York? No, (laughs) New Jersey used to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, if you never get zapped back to this dimension, you're just in this world. Yeah. You, Untethered. First of all, talk about a new start. You can be whoever you want. That's true. But you can't prove it's it's like yeah. okay well did it like did like was there a divergence in the timeline and now we're in two different versions of today and there's a cultural history that we right. do share or is it totally distinct a complete different even thing. if you try to get a job like i know that yeah. there are people that have like you know a, a a college degree in a foreign country and come here and it's not counted oh, at, at the same level can you imagine going to another dimension and trying to be like listen i graduated high school yeah, like, I- but, but we don't know what they taught you in your high school at all Right. Absolutely. We don't have any of the curriculum of universe Zeta Prime. No, we have no evidence that's that's even true. Yeah. You know? We don't know. Ugh, Quite frankly, we don't know what to do with you. Yeah. My so rebuttal well would just, just be disappear. like, can, I, can you keep me in that hotel room? Because <laughs> this is pretty sweet. You can ask me questions. Yeah. I'll live stream. Yeah. <laughs> keep the grilled cheeses coming. I'll do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah, that doesn't so bad, so sound so bad. I could definitely exist in a hotel room with room service pretty indefinitely. And then immediately yeah. I would start being like, now let me tell you a story mm-hmm. that I came up with in my dimension. Yeah. Tony Stark uh, oh, yeah, found himself in a cave with a box of – and they're like, that's Iron Man. I'm like, okay, yeah. No, so I you have that, that here. Okay, see. Okay. Um, um, uh, <clears throat> the Adams Family. Yeah. Um, and they're like, this is really intriguing. And now you're the inventor. Yeah. yeah. That is a good idea. I remember that mom and dad would try to sell us on the – well, not not like – they we had any control whether we moved or not. But like when we moved, they'd be like, "You're going to a new place. Like you can be like anybody who you want, like any person you want." But just wherever I went, there I was. Yeah, it was always the same dullard. I know. <laughs> Everywhere we went, I never took advantage of it and like cultivated like a cool new Kristen attitude. Yeah. It was just me. The name Spruce Rogers. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Spruce Rogers. That's really good. And I can really shred the bagpipe. Yeah. But I quit playing that thing when I. Moved out of Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut. Can used to call it. It's for losers. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> hey, Spruce, hang out with me. No, don't listen to him, Spruce. Come over to my house. <laughs> Spruce Rogers is a really good name. Uh, so, yeah, the man from Torrid, you know, the, the theory about this story is that exactly what we're saying somebody from another dimension mm-hmm. who accidentally blooped into ours. I love it. And their dimension that there is a Torred, you know, there that that bank is there. It's funny to think of other dimensions having things as mundane as banks. Sure. But absolutely. It's but, just another version of our world. I know. Bank of America could easily sound like some fake brand made up for yes. a movie or something. Absolutely. You know? So that's the main thing. Or that maybe he's a time traveler who accidentally like blooped 
back or forward or whatever from a time. Well, I well guess, he's traveling I guess on planes. Yeah. 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 He's used to the idea of planes. He's not like, what is this mechanical oh bird my in the God. sky? If, 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 if somehow the country of Torad is founded. Yeah. Do you oh. lose your mind? Oh, I like see. in oh. our lifetime, you know, like in, in like 20 years, they're like, we've decided to call ourselves Torad. But, and you're like, Guys, guys, do they know do you this that story? story? Or like, is this possible? And then somebody, and then a bunch of people who live in Torad are like, "Yeah, oh no, <laughs> I might be the man right. from Torad." At any moment, am I going to take a step? And then I'm just like, blooped into an airplane. One of us yeah. leaves this dimension and goes back in time. Right, it's a guarantee. Yeah. So which one's it going to be, boys? <sighs> this stinks. Well, here's why that's unlikely. Here are the origins of the story of the man from oh, Torad. No. No. Very interesting. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) So I found this from the website anomalyinfo.com, a classic old website. So if you want to go check this out, I highly recommend it. The background is all forest green. Like the entire page is forest green and then white. It's great. I want to leave the room before you say whatever you're about to say. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, It basically seems like this... Okay, so anybody citing the story of the man from Torred, uh-huh. it's basically all misattributed footnotes that make it seem like this is a story that was gradually made up along the way. It started as kind of like a sentence yeah. and then turned into the story that I just told you. So when you find references to it online and talking about its origins, they mainly say that the story comes from works by Colin Wilson and Tom Slemon, um, but the references to it... Are, but the, the references that they both have, those two authors to it, are super short. And so they literally can't be the source material for the big story that we hear today because it's not there. Um, so the earliest place that people say it's from is Colin Wilson's 1981 book called Directory of Possibilities, which was a bunch of kind of like short stories and essays about paranormal stuff. And it literally only has one sentence about the man from Torred or the story or, you know, that connects to the story. In an entry written by somebody named Paul Begg. This is it. This is one of the big references where people are like, yeah, it's from this book. And in 1954, a passport check in Japan is alleged to have produced a man with papers issued by the nation of Torred. That's it. So people say, like, oh, yeah, this story was from this book in 1901. That's it. Then the next reference that you can find, like in print or, yeah. you know, documents or anything, is from that guy, Tom Slemons, Slemons, 1999 book, Strange But True, Mysterious and Bizarre People. And this is only three sentences. So he says, there have been many reports of visitors from other planets dropping in on Earth. In 1954, the Japanese authorities detained a man trying to enter the country with a passport that revealed he was from an unheard country named Torred. A thorough check was made by the customs officials to see if there was such a place anywhere on Earth, but they drew a blank. The stranger refused to throw light on the whereabouts of the whereabouts of the mysterious nation of Torred and quickly left Japan. So in this book, he gives no source for that story. So you can kind of only assume that it came from reading Begg's one-line story uh-huh. and then adding on to it, filling in the gaps that was left from that one-line story. Then the complete version that is like what I just told you seems to have come from a website called mm-hmm. Before It's News in 2012 um, run by somebody named Terrence Aim. I looked it up and that website still exists today. It's like a very scary conspiracy theory website oh, okay. that I don't recommend. Um, so 
AIM said that um, part of the story that he was telling on his website came from various books about strange happenings in the 50s. So meaning that he kind of like pooled a bunch of knowledge that he had from books here and there together to kind of tell the complete story. Um, but he doesn't specifically cite any of those books. He does cite a website that posted Tom Sleeman's like three sentence account that I just told you. So again, the same way that Tom Sleeman seems to have filled in the gaps from the one sentence, it seems like Terrence Aim filled in the gaps uh-huh. from those three sentences and it became this story, which then caught on. So it's, it's arguably old and recent. Yes. So, you know, who knows where Paul Begg got that one sentence where it came from, but it, it seems like the story that we're telling today is just kind of, embellishment 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 right yeah yeah okay i mean that's that's from the standpoint kind of, of awesome. like the way that stories evolve and the way yeah. the game of telephone works mm-hmm. and it becomes part of like folklore right because i heard that completely out of context where mm-hmm. it was you know just like any ghost story anyone's ever told you where it's not attributed to anything it's just yeah. a story that exists right you can choose to believe it or not mm-hmm. um yeah, it's kind of just tracking an urban legend. Yeah, even still, yeah. like to be able to point to the origin point where we first heard about it mm-hmm. doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it didn't happen. Well, it genuinely doesn't mean that it didn't happen because maybe maybe Paul Begg heard it from someone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But In that, the strictest sense of it, yes. if you're going to be a lawyer about it, mm-hmm. this doesn't prove it didn't happen. No. It certainly doesn't. <laughs> Painted in a no, because even plausible light. Paul Begg's first account does not have all the details of the latest account that became the story. Right. So, yeah. you know, prob's not. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. The man from Torad is so compelling. I know. It's such a compelling idea. Totally. It's so good. Somebody just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I'm traveling through here. Thanks. I'm so bushed. Sorry. Where, sorry. Where, where is this? Huh? What's that? Oh, Torad. You're in a country. What does it say? Torah. Torad. Yeah. Well, I don't know what that is. That in and of itself is like I live. A, yeah. as a springboard for yes. possibilities. You can go a thousand directions just Absolutely. from there. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it all sounds so like it's so mundane to be like they got him a hotel room. I know. I know. It's so there are aspects of it that are so real lifey. It that helps it makes, with credibility yeah. that it's so it makes it sound legit. Yeah. Blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. The man from Torad. I know. If only. That also reminds me, I don't know if you watched it. I think that it was oft maligned. It was one of the actually lost, mm-hmm. one of the knockoff shows that came out after the popularity of Lost. It was a show called Fringe. No, I didn't watch it, but I've heard that it's good. I really I feel enjoyed like it's it. It's not that maligned. I watched the whole the whole series yeah. uh, as it was airing. I really, really enjoyed myself with it. Sometimes they went way too far with it. The mm-hmm. idea was that it was all mad science. Yeah. And a lot of it hinged on multiple universes. And one of the first touches of like two universes messing with each other uh-huh. was that basically the membrane between universes got too thin for whatever reason. Yeah. There is a doppelganger of you in every subsequent yes. universe. I'm already talking about and this. And they merged. Mm-hmm. So there was just like a guy who there was like a, an earthquake type event happened and then they found in the rubble a guy that had four arms and four legs. Yeah. Because two versions of the same guy from alternate universes got merged into the same body. Right. And it was like totally Yikes. disturbing. Yeah. Genuinely like Was it a good enough freaky. CGI job that it was kind of upsetting or did it look so fake that you're just kind of like, that would be <sighs> freaky, but I have some remove from it. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to remember now. I, I don't think it was even CGI. I think yeah. it was practical. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. If I'm remembering correctly, and I really enjoyed that show, even when it was 
dopey. Yeah. And it did get pretty damn dopey. Mm-hmm. It was still just like it was it was cotton candy. It went yeah. down smooth. Well, I'd pasty in it, and I'll watch him in just about anything. Yeah, and that I really great. like um what is her name? She's now on Manhunter. She's terrific. Oh, um I don't I don't know her name. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. yeah, I know her name. I'm just not coming up with it at the moment. Yeah, is it the girlfriend on Manhunter or it's the woman? The woman. Um, she's like the one of the the crime. Are you thinking of Carrie Coon by any chance? Nope. He, okay, everybody thinks that's Carrie Coon, and it's not. I don't uh, know the lady's name. Yeah, no, yeah. she's so damn good. Though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fringe. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. the man from Torad. Yeah. All right. It's my turn now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you about something. I'm, quite frankly, I'm curious to see how this goes. Okay. So this weekend, uh, we will see the release of. Quite frankly, probably one of the biggest movies yeah. of all time. Yes. When Avengers Endgame is released. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, more than just one movie, more than just a singular franchise. It's the cu- culmination of over 10 years of filmmaking and 22 movies yeah. of of setup. Mm-hmm. I genuinely am viewing this as not only like a fan of these movies because I really enjoy them, mm-hmm. um, but sort of a feat of the film industry. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Nothing like this has ever happened yes. before. Yes. Nothing. Mm. Even long-running franchises like James Bond, there's there's connective DNA that can right. take you all the way back to the beginning in some sense, but they're, it's almost like 20 franchises rolled into one, whereas The Avengers really is a cohesive mm-hmm. unit. It's all one story. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. So here's my thing. Over the course of these 22 movies, we've had, you know, Iron Man, which is sort of like an action comedy Mm -hmm. movie. We've had Thor, which has elements of fantasy. Spider-Man, which has elements of the sort of like teen, 80s teen Mm -hmm. melodrama comedy kind of stuff. Yeah. What are we missing in there? So many other subgenres are represented. Not horror. Yeah. And so here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Avengers Endgame is the end of an era. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to stop making movies. No. Really ever, probably. Yes. How can they work horror in there? Uh-huh. So I'm going to take you through some of the history of Marvel horror characters. Oh, cool. To Positive Future, where they finally get creepy with it. That's a good idea. Yeah. They're cool. very famously, uh, you know... Uh, Disney just bought Fox for yeah. like $71 billion. Yeah. Seemingly just to get the rights to the X-Men. Right. You know, I'm sure there are other motivations as well, but yeah. these movies are, are, you know, huge money. Totally. So uh, uh, they have a lot of, of characters in their toy box. Oh, yeah. What might they be able to do? And so uh, – uh, I like this idea. Let's dig into this. Some of the lesser known Marvel In another characters. universe. Yeah. In mm-hmm. another universe. Yeah. In the universe where Torad exists, yeah. you might get a Marvel movie that would really yeah. scare you. Avengers of Horror. Um, so here we go. Yeah. These are some of the Marvel horror characters. Yeah. I'm going to start with one of the biggest ones that exists. Uh-huh. Uh, this character already got to have a trilogy of movies. Granted, they're not folded into the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. as we consider it. Blade. Oh, oh, I didn't know that he was part of the Marvel world. He is. Okay. You're familiar with this character? Yes. Tell me what you know. Um, I it has something to do with vampires. It's Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff. Yeah. Is Kate Beckinsale involved? I don't think so, but she, she's, she's in, in like underworld. Yeah, she's yeah, in a yeah. very fam- yeah, similar. Is underworld werewolves? Maybe. I think they're lichens, like- but I don't know what the difference is. I think you're right. Thank you. Um Yeah, is Blade a vampire hunter, but yeah. he's also a vampire? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Okay. You see. 
Blade um, uh, actually uh, was the son. He was being born, mm-hmm. and his mom was bitten by Deacon Frost, a vampire. What a name. As she was literally giving birth to Blade, she was being bitten by Deacon Frost. Well, that sounds horrible. She dies. Blade is born now a mix of vampire uh, and human. He's called the Daywalker. He's riding the line. All of their strengths. A Daywalker that's awesome. None of their weaknesses. Oh. He's got superhuman strength. He can super duper heal. He's got to eat blood, but he does it humanely. How does he do it? I think he just like slurps on packets of blood from like uh, donations Like he steals and stuff. them from donations or something? Quite possibly. I don't know how. Gross. Maybe there's a nicer way than that because actually that just makes me go like, oh, there are people who need like. Yeah. That's that's not that humanely. There must be a no, way. Yeah. Maybe it's like people who are like just about to die and he Maybe. finds a way. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. They probably explain it very quickly. I'm sure they do. You I'm know, sure they like, get away with it, with yeah. it from it fast. He's, yeah. All these characters are going to end up being anti-heroes. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a single character that Marvel will come up with that they won't eventually be like, and then, and he, then also, they're a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. So they have their own books. I think of Blade going like this. You won't be able to see it visually, but like swinging like a big sword up overhead and then like bringing it down and having one knee up and then like looking up slowly. It was totally that era, especially yeah. with the movies, the very like Matrix uh-huh. long leather coat yeah. world. I can picture his sunglasses. Yeah, without a doubt. He also mm-hmm. had a katana. So. Oh, sick. You know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, there was a trilogy of movies. He is in the Marvel world mm-hmm. and yet has not been folded in yet. My theory is that... I feel like it wouldn't fit in very well. I, I agree, but yeah. I, I don't think that any of these characters fit into the conventional Marvel world that we know. Yeah. You'd have to start a sort of like yes. distinct separate label that's folded under the umbrella of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I totally get that. I'm just saying yeah. I can see why Blade hasn't been folded in. Yes, yes, without yeah. a doubt. Um, uh, let's move on to uh, Ghost Rider. Okay. Oh, man, I did not know that that was Marvel either. Yeah, so Ghost Rider, uh, what do you know? What does he look like? You know what he Nicolas looks like? Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Just feel like my skull's on fire. <laughs> he says that at one point in one of those movies. I know. I've actually never seen them, but Neither I'm aware of that. Um, doesn't he just look like a flaming skull on a person riding a motorcycle? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Ghost Rider is more of a title than anything else. Uh-huh. Multiple people have been turned into the rider. Oh, okay. The ghost Rider. Is there an entity that is the Ghost Rider that like, do they have a shade of that when they turn into the Ghost Rider or no, it's always unique? I, I think it's kind of like the mask. Mm-hmm. You know, Stanley Ipkiss can wear the mask and he's like very like yes. sort of like wacky and cartoony bent, but then Dorian right. wears it and he's like a demon. It makes you more of what you are. Yeah, I think so. That's I think what Tom so. Hanks says about fame. He <laughs> says that it doesn't change you necessarily. It makes you more of whatever you already were. Oh, that's interesting. It's a good line, right? Yeah, that is a good line. Yeah. It makes you more of what you are. Mm-hmm. So if you're like a nice guy, you're probably going to use your fame. And like that doesn't mean you're like 100% nice all the time, sure. but like you're going to do nice things with it. If you're somebody who's already a little bit of a jerk, you're going to take that power and do not nice things with it. I wonder if he ever fell in love in an inexplicable way in real life. <laughs> I wonder how he and Rita Wilson got together. How come he's not in the Marvel movies? I would love that. That'd be great. I would. I love Tom Hanks. I love it when old Hollywood. That's not gets like a, a world the... rocker, but I'm just saying. I just love him. I'm happy yeah. to see him anywhere. I like it when like conventional yeah. Hollywood gets folded it's, in. It's a surprise. You're it's, like, oh, like Robert Redford was in Captain America. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, what are you doing? Or here? Annette Bening in Captain Marvel, and I lost my cool. Whoa, Annette <laughs> Bening in Captain Marvel was. I did not see that coming. It was shocking. 
I, I, it's, it's probably one of the most surprising mo- moments in a Marvel movie for me was when Annette Benning showed up. I lost it. I just lost <laughs> it. Was it was incredible. When she, she really went for it. She, oh, do your pose. Having, <laughs> time of her life. She, this is going to work best in the video version. Yeah. Okay. So she's wearing jeans. She's yeah. wearing an outfit similar to mine and she sticks her hand in her pocket, thumb out, get that thumb out. <laughs> And boom, hand out, and she's warding off something. <laughs> like, yeah. like that. Like she, like, de- she goes to destroy yeah. someone. Yeah. Casual oh. as hell. Because she doesn't need to do anymore. No, she doesn't need full thing. power. Yeah. yeah, so why why waste it? Charisma out the wazoo. Oh, insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. I can see why she and Warren Beatty have been together for so long. That is a charisma fest if I've yeah. ever seen one. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So back to Ghost Rider. Yeah. So the first incarnation of the Ghost Rider, this is the character that was eventually played by Nick Cage in two movies, mm-hmm. is a stunt motorcyclist named Johnny Blaze. Great. Great. Really interested in some of the names yeah. here. We're always interested in names. Oh, I love, I love a good name. And I there are some too. like real like – are Deezers. all these characters born to become the the like monster they became? Yeah. Johnny Blaze like, becomes the Ghost Rider with a skull on fire. Yeah, Johnny Blaze does. There's a lot of stuff that's like either on theme for what happens to them, or there's kind of like alliteration. Right. Yep. You know. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um. So he he, in order to save his father, mm-hmm. he sold his soul to Satan. Okay. And then his father died anyway. I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. So now he's mad at Satan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, it turned out that. Now I'm mad at Satan. Yeah. So now he's mad at Satan? Yeah. That's like in a writing writer's room. Uh, it also turns out later that it wasn't Satan. It was it was Mephisto in disguise. Ooh. Not that that means anything to me, but it was Mephisto in disguise. I really enjoy Mephisto, Mephisto. Mephistopheles. Yeah. I really, that's a really good name. Now, Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. beyond the two Nick Cage movies, yeah. uh, did get introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they have a TV show on ABC called Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. you ever seen that before? Should I say a spoiler for this show? For Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. Is it still on? Yes. Um, yeah. Can I tell people to fast for like 30 seconds? Yeah. Okay. 30 seconds. I'm going to spoil something from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, additional spoiler alert. I do not watch this show. Okay. But they brought Ghost Rider onto the show. He's played by just like some like like another another character, but he's not like he, there's no interaction with the movies. Okay. What does connect to the movies is in the first two Avengers movies, there's a character named Phil Coulson. Mm-hmm. He's like a very sort of like oh, every yeah. man who's mm-hmm. just amazed to see these superheroes. Yeah. He loves them. He dies in the Avengers movies. He's the lead character on Agents of Shield. Oh. At the end as of the Phil season, Coulson? yes. Okay. They brought him back to life. It's a whole thing. But at the end of it, is he like the boss kind of? Yes. Okay. Yeah. At the end of a season, he's fighting a bad guy, and he go he basically just goes like, "You wouldn't like me when I let my beast out." Uh oh. And then he turns into Ghost Rider. Oh. <laughs> I watched you a clip of it. Coming. I watched a clip of it, and I was straight up like, "They're not." Th- this isn't connected to the movies anymore. Yeah. They can say this is in the same world, but. Just some guy. Well, it sounds like they kind of keep the Ghost Rider movies divorced from the Avengers movies world, right? So like. Well, but this is also like, I don't know when the Ghost Rider movies were, but they were definitely like years upon years ago. Yeah. The Marvel movies are like reserved for like a specific set of creative, like a specific creative team that makes them. Right. So what I'm saying is I'm sure the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just ignoring that other Ghost Rider movies happened. <clears throat> And oh, they're yes. just like I just know. think it's ridiculous to take yes. like <laughs> a character that we're supposed to know and love, yes. and turn him into a demon. 
<coughs> as if it's like a one-use superpower. Yeah. It's just like a silly thing. All right. There had to be a story beyond that. There had to. I guess. Yeah. So here's here's uh, the the next character that I've got. His name is, uh, well, it's the son of Satan. Uh-huh. Is the name of the character. Oh, okay. Right to the point. The character's name is Damon Hellstrom. Oh, boy. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> he has a sister. I guess they use some <laughs> restraint in not naming him Damien Hellstrom. I don't know if that, I guess that's true. Technically, that. That will serve they as restraint back. in yeah. this case. Yeah. He has a sister named Satana. Awesome. <laughs> Seems like a good guy. Dad, <laughs> dad's a devil. Mom's a human. Bit of a nasty shock for her when she found out. Oh, my God. Anyway, Damon Hellstrom and Satana <laughs> job. Uh-huh. grew up separately. Damon became a good guy. Satana became Did not. a bad guy. Did they have to fight? Yeah, they fought. How'd it My go? Family didn't go good. Not well. It wasn't good. Who won? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a character I genuinely like. Yeah. All the other ones I've just been making fun of. Here's a character that I thought was kind of cool. I've never heard of this character before. It's a character just named Terror. Okay. A strange name for yeah. like a character. Yeah. Well, there's like Venom. Yeah, I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. So here's the idea behind Terror. Yeah. I genuinely think that this is really freaky and neat. Yeah. Terror is an immortal being mm-hmm. and he's a, a zombie. Okay. He's like a cursed human who's resound, who's like physical form is like decaying flesh uh-huh. and they are dead yet alive. Okay. Here's Terror's deal. If you met Terror like today and now, yeah. he'd be like, yeah, I'm going to help you stop the bad guys. I can stop the particularly evil ones because I can't die. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh-huh. Here's what his deal is. He was a caveman. Okay. This is this goes back to like the cradle of life, the beginnings of human life. He's yeah. like a Cro-Magnon man. Yeah. There was a, a group of Cro-Magnon people that were being terrorized by a demon bear. They had to face it and fight it. And this guy was the one who delivered the killing blow. Oh. And as a, quote, curse for his victory – a curse for his victory. Yeah, which I like that phrase. Yeah, that's cool. Like monkey's paw, right? Yeah, yeah, You've yeah. achieved something and yet right. what you get for your trouble right. is not something that you would that's want. That's awesome. Uh, he uh, suffers like the same curse as this demon bear had. Oh, I wonder if the bear was like the bear from Annihilation. Yeah, exa- yeah. Some, that's pretty much what I'm picturing. And yeah. suddenly his flesh starts decaying off his body. Oh, he man. starts like turning green and he's rotted. That is cool. Uh, during the, the Dark Ages, he was known as a man named Shrek. And this is like the Max Shrek kind of mm-hmm. idea, like the old what Shrek used to mean before it was a, uh, yeah. a silly ogre. I was going to say before it was donkey. Yeah. Before Shrek was donkey. Before Shrek was donkey. Yeah. But Shrek is a word that means fear. Yeah. Scare. Oh. So he was like known. Shriek. Yes, like Shriek. Oh. He was known as Shrek. And he was hideous and ugly and, you know, he did horrible things. Like he murdered people and he Uh was a true monster. Yeah. And then at one point, somehow, he fell in love with a woman and she loved him back. Oh. But you understand the nature of the way that he lives. (laughs) She eventually died. Yeah. And he had her hand. One of his superpowers that I have not mentioned yet is that his skin and his blood Uh are both gross, icky slime and they have an element of adhesiveness to them. Oh. He can – if you chop his arm off, yeah. he can chop your arm off and just put it on. 
Oh. He can adopt body parts okay. from other people. That's what terror can do. When his loved one dies, uh-huh. he has her hand attached to him for all time. As his hand? Not as his hand. Like it's like oh. in his body so that he, oh. she can be a part of him. He can always be with her. Okay. Because I was going to say, if he just has like one tiny feminine hand and then when... <laughs> that's a, that's It's a cool idea. and all. You know what? Screw but, it. That yeah. is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I – I, That's – very cool. I've never heard a story like this before. No, me neither. Where has this character been? Yeah. Somebody needs to dredge up terror. Yeah, let's get terror going again. That's a really cool, creepy so cool. story. Now, I will say, there might be a reason why the character went uh-huh. away. I read one thing about some of uh, the exploits that he's he's had. Yeah. At some point, the character, the Punisher, mm-hmm. dunked terror into a tank of piranha. Oh. But don't worry. Terror had already injected himself with poison, thus killing the piranha so he wouldn't be eaten. Okay. Well, Terror had some good forethought. Yeah. I wonder if, like, at that point, if they were like, let's cancel the book. (laughs) I also think that anything, like, biting Terror would just get stuck to him if his blood is kind of adhesive. That's interesting. I don't know if They just have, like, a whole bunch of, like, piranha hanging off of him. Right. That's a good point. I don't know if fish are compatible, though. Yeah. You know? That's true. Their DNA might not. Anyway, very curious about Taylor. Would like to know. Terror would like to to know more, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to Elsa Bloodstone. Oh, my God. Elsa Bloodstone has basically just been compared to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. Like put simply, she's a monster hunter. Yeah. Uh, and then what the, a good name for a monster hunter. The one thing that I had any interest in writing down yeah. is this. She lives in Bloodstone Manor with her mom and Adam. Oh, who's Adam, you Adam. ask? The Frankenstein monster. Oh, okay. All right. I, I also went on to find out that Dracula, the Mummy, and the Wolfman are technically in the Marvel Universe, too. Oh. Not the originals. Yeah. You know, like literary literary modifications of Universal and Marvel incompatible. Right, right, right. But, like, I think we learned about the Universal stuff that, like, if you put bolts on Frankenstein's neck, you can't do that. That's a Universal thing. Right. Theoretically, theoretically. Marvel a could a have a reanimated around. man that was made by Dr. Victor Frankenstein that would they might get away with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It would be confusing on a that's consumer a, that's level. That's such an obscure back door, right? but a back door nonetheless. Yes, yeah. yeah. Very, very weird. Huh. Um, uh, let's move on to this guy. Have you ever heard of Morbius the Living Vampire? Of course I've heard of Morbius the Living Vampire. He's so, my fave. Here's the thing. Michael Morbius was born with a rare blood condition, uh-huh. which also had the effect of making him "quote unquote" ugly. <laughs> this is the character origin. That's tough. Of Michael Morbius, he experimented on himself trying to cure his condition, and ended up coming up with a treatment that involved electroshock therapy and vampire DNA, vamp- oh, vampire bat DNA. Man, that's intense. You have to really want it. He really bungled you know? it. <laughs> and he turned into a vampire. He got botched. Yeah. He turned himself into a vampire. That's what that this really character sucked. is. So he was just trying – was his motivation – was he in pain for his blood disorder? Or he was just like, I hate being ugly. This stinks. I think it was Everybody's both. hot to trot on the stot. I think – yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, how hot about to that? trot on the stot. Get, get working on the new book, Ricey. Yeah. <laughs> Us Lestatians are waiting. <laughs> We've talked way more about the vampire Lestat tonight Lestat. than I, ant- I anticipated. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I, I guess both then. Yeah, because that's just it's a big length to go just because you feel like you're a little busted. Yeah. You know? Well, although that is very painful. Sadly, Uh-oh. it only made him more butt ugly. Oh, no. <laughs> he came out looking like a bat. He looks like a bat. I've looked at character at pictures of Morbius, the living is nightmare. Is he small, like a bat? No, he's big. He's pale. He can't be in the sun. He has that flat sort of bat nose and long, pointy bat ears, like Bat Boy. He's like a Bat Boy, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's called a pseudo vampire, and he will be played by Jared Leto in an upcoming Sony movie. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh God. Not connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. They wouldn't allow Unsurprising. that. Unsurprising. <laughs> We're coming. We're coming toward wow. the end. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start moving fast through these because they're, sure. they're bizarre. Sleepwalker. Uh huh. Never heard of the sleep. This character before. Sleepwalker uh, is the name of a character and also the name of a race of creatures. Okay. Essentially, you go to sleep at night. Your mind is vulnerable to the they're, sleepwalker. Kind of. Yeah. There exists a dimension full mm-hmm. of creatures that might try to inhabit your mind, and the sleepwalkers are essentially the guardians oh. that keep demons from. You know, inhabiting yeah. your vulnerable brain while you are sleeping. Oh man! I actually—that's a cool of idea. Like this. Yeah. Also, I really like the word som- somnambulism, somnambulist, which, which yeah. is uh, like sleepwalking, and I feel like they could work that in there somehow. Sure. Yeah. There's probably something named like somnambulist, like yeah. ending with U.S. in I the would, comic. If it were up to me, and I had to write in the style of all this stuff, I would mm-hmm. say that there was a man named John Nambulus who was cursed to never be able to sleep. Yeah. And then he tried to cure himself. That fits in perfectly. Yeah, he fell into a vat of warm milk. <laughs> and uh, now he can't wake up and he guards the sleep realm. That's why. It's actually pretty great. <laughs> it's actually pretty great. According to the list I'm reading you, it would work. Yeah. <laughs> John Nambulus. The Somnambulist. Okay. Or Sam Nambulus. Sam <laughs> Samnambulus. All right, Deathlock. Yeah. Deathlock is also sort of a title. Okay. Soldiers who die in battle are brought back to life and attached to a bunch of cybernetic body parts to do work for the government. Oh, God. That's pretty damn horrifying. Yeah. You're a zombie, but you're not. You're you. But you're not, and you're, you're half brought machine. back just for the period of uh, the p- purpose of being used. Yes, not even brought back to go back to your life in some way. Exactly, that's dark. It's 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 almost darker than anything else yeah, on here because yeah. in a in a sick way it feels feasible. I know it's very RoboCop, and yeah. RoboCop was like darkly, uh huh, like comedic and almost like a satire of like. I've actually never seen RoboCop. Oh, it's sickening. Yeah, it, it would it would make you want to puke. It looks gross. Yeah, it's very gross. All right, Man Thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> man thing this is a, a weird slop monster from the bayou okay <laughs> everything i looked up is just the same thing as swamp thing yeah that's really funny literally the same thing as swamp thing i looked it up man thing came out first by yeah. two months okay which a lot of people point out doesn't mean a damn thing yeah it doesn't it's not like you know man thing came out in two months later they released a swamp thing yeah they came out at the same time right um it's unclear if one ripped the other off there's also a different bayou monster thing that existed a few decades prior so maybe they both ripped that thing off no, no one's really there's, sure yeah what i do know is this in dc there are a number of horror characters mm-hmm. that quite frankly feel kind of natural to yeah. me like marvel has really crushed the movie universe yeah dc's struggled in that arena 
DC, I feel like, could crush the horror mm-hmm. genre with their characters. Maybe that would be the way for them to lean and kind of it's like, you know, still kind of playing off the success of the Avengers sure. and things like that, but going in a different direction. Do so something it's not different. just trying to totally ape it and fail. Yep. Do something different. Yeah. Because like Swamp Thing, I, I read a bunch of, I'm not a comic book reader. Yeah. I read a bunch of Swamp yeah, Thing Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole thing in that where he's like, you know, he's an advocate for the green, which right. is all plant life. And he fights against like, they're, uh, uh, his villains are all colored red because mm-hmm. to oppose the green, it's all about the flesh. Oh. And so there's, there are these disgusting, Ugh. like, meat monsters. And it's, it's truly, yeah, disturbing and, and Sounds messed like up. It. Man thing. Uh huh. So swamp thing was a guy that was doing research and then he got eaten up by a swamp and he's not even a man anymore. Yeah. He's like a collection of cells that he's a, a, a creature made out of like, you know, Swamp goo, right? That thinks it was once a man. Uh huh. Oh, okay. That's what swamp thing is. It's kind of more nuanced yeah. than being like I turned into a goo thing. Yeah. Here's what I've got on man thing. He was trying to make superhuman human serum, like what they had with Captain America. Yeah. And then something went wrong, and also magic got involved, and he turned into man thing. Oh, okay. Was there also mud involved or something like so that? So much less interesting when you throw the word magic in there, isn't it? Yeah. You can tell me any pseudoscience. And also, it just seems so different from usual superheroes. Like, magic is not usually involved. It's usually some freak accident or something right. like that, or like something from the hell realm. Sure. Magic does sound just like a little more benign in yeah, some way. Yeah, and we had to get it done. And like stumbling into it. Yeah. And whatever he's Still man thing. magic. Yeah, yeah. he's man thing. Yeah. Like, Swamp Thing is really disturbing and bizarre. It's like, right. there are like these like little slug things that like, they can eat each other and uh-huh. gain knowledge from each other. This is a true thing about real life. Yeah. If you put a, like a little gross little um, a leech yeah. in a maze, like uh-huh. a mouse trying to go find the cheese, gross. you put a drop of blood in that maze, it can find its way to, to, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. to the blood. Yeah. If you, feed, if you cut up that leech and feed it to a bunch of other leeches, they know how to do oh, the maze. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's a fact. That is so insane. That's a fact. They can gain knowledge by consuming right. another leech. The so world the idea, is so crazy. Oh, 100%. So the idea was that this guy fell into the bayou and got mm-hmm. eaten by these leeches plus some weird science stuff. Right. They ate him and acquired his knowledge. Right. And so Swamp Thing isn't that guy. That guy's dead. Yeah, yeah. But this thing has thing. all his memories. Yeah. And is trying to do the right thing. Uh-huh. It's just so much – it's still stupid. Yes. It's still wacky. Yeah, but like a little more grounded in a weird yeah. way. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um. All right. So here are some alternatives okay. to all these characters. Here's things that Marvel could do. Yeah. I found out about something called the Howling Commandos. Ooh, okay. This is a, a particular operative team. Think of like Guardians of the Galaxy, how yeah. it's made of like a tree man and a big muscle yeah. guy and a whatever. Right. A green lady. Uh-huh. And a hottie. Howling Commandos. Yeah. Is all made up of monsters. Cool. So like Man Thing is part of this. Yeah. Blade might be part of this. They would be a team that would be working together. And maybe the Avengers do stuff that's like on a galactic level. Right. They're going to su- save all this stuff. The Howling Commandos get all the jobs that 
the average person is not allowed to know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to operate in the shadows because people can't right. know about vampires and werewolves. We'd go nuts. Well, also maybe like um, the Avengers are kind of like dealing with space and stuff and maybe the Howling Commanders are like the home team dealing with things that are like on Earth. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I feel like they could be like the just like the paranormal task. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like Iron that's Man. That's cool. What's Iron Man going to do against a ghost? Right. You know? Yeah, he d- he's not equipped for an that. angry ghost. Right. Yeah. Um. Here's another way they could go. There's a, a string of popular comic books called Marvel Zombies. Mm-hmm. This is like werewolf is a zombie and going nuts and eating yeah. people and stuff. It's very Walking Dead meets Marvel. And it's you know like there's a, an outer space monster that comes and okay. they, they eat him too. It's like It goes a little nuts. Yeah. They went ahead and they also made Marvel Zombies versus the Army of Darkness where okay. Ash yeah. from the Evil Dead is running around trying to stop the Marvel Zombies. Huh. Okay. It didn't seem great. Yeah. My point is – That doesn't really appeal to me. My point is so far – I mean one of the, the biggest strengths of the Marvel Universe is that it's all connected and everything builds yeah. on each other. But I still kind of wish we got to see sort of like what if yeah. kind of stories. Mm-hmm. It would be cool to just like see a thing where like Tony Stark gets bitten and turns into you know a, a, a zombie for a while. Yeah. It would be fun. Sure. And everyone would understand this doesn't – this is like a dream state almost. Right. This is like not part of the real story, but like it's fun to right. do. Right. It's an it's a little offshoot. It's like almost like fanfic, but kind of like yeah. blown up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would just be you like wacky. You don't have and to fun. factor it into like your main storyline as canon that affects it. Yep, exactly. A side mission. Um, but it's unclear if Marvel will ever do any of this yeah. stuff. They might they might relegate these some of these characters to to like shows on a streaming platform or huh. something like that. But you I still never feel know, though they're going to be missing this. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, that's my thing is I feel yeah. like it's just something – it's a genre that is yeah. missing from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, that but I also mean like missing it. Like they're going to want to have another oh. big boom of things. Yeah, and I feel like that would be a fun one. Like, yeah, totally. Some of the other like horror universes that have come like mm-hmm. get criticized heavily. The Conjuring universe is right. the most successful horror cinematic universe possible with two Conjuring movies and like presently – what like a, a whole four or bunch, five spinoffs? If not more, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know I the Curse of like La Llorona was one of them. Three or four Annabelles. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Curse of La Llorona is um, the Nun. The yeah, Crooked Man's coming out. Yep, and then I'm trying to remember is what the hell's that movie with also Patrick Wilson and whatever? No, you're thinking okay. of Insidious. Yes, that's not part of the universe, right? No, okay. weirdly, those uh, were made by James Wan. Though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is strange. I know. Same thing. I know. Um, but like that's big. Obviously, Universal tried to do the dark universe where they would connect all you know like frankenstein right. and the mummy and stuff right and that failed right out of the gate with the tom cruise mummy it's surprising they just shelved it based on just that just burn it yeah let's just, not try to do better thing. yeah like one thing you know a pattern is three things uh-huh. like so even if you don't go to three i'm surprised they didn't go to two yeah because you could say okay the second one failed this isn't looking good Guess what? I-, I get that the yeah. first two marvel cinematic universes were iron man which yeah. is probably one of the most fun mm-hmm. superhero movies ever made yeah and then the incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, oh, which yeah. was really weird and didn't feel tonally similar at all. Right, right. And they just kind of pretend it didn't exist. Yeah. Thor wasn't that great. Right. Just keep working on it. Try it. You're not really making individual movies anymore. You're making a TV show. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that I've ever like uh, uh, come across in like studying how to write for TV is episode one, your pilot is obviously super important. It sets everything yeah. up. The most important 
episode is episode two. Yeah. Here's where you're starting to establish your pattern mm -hmm. and see if people want to come back for more. Right. Because people give like pilots and first things a little bit of leeway. So like, okay, we, you know, we're getting to yeah. know them. I'm not going to be it's totally hooked right away. Uh -huh. But then if by the second episode, you're not like really hooked and you're done. They could have done a better yeah. second movie. Mm -hmm. It is my feeling. Yeah. And quite frankly, Surprising. they might've made the smartest choice because I, to my knowledge now, what they were originally planning to do was have like Johnny Depp star in the invisible man. Mm -hmm. They were going to make Bride of Frank. Frankenstein right. yeah. with Angelina Jolie uh -huh. rather than do Frankenstein first. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, but to my knowledge, Jason Blum and Blumhouse uh -huh. are now in control oh. of those movies. Oh, Blumhouse that's good. is crushing it yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of making like interesting modern yep. horror movies. They have a tried that's and very true good. method. I and they they go for like low budget, yep. high concept, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's so much better than throwing you know millions of dollars at Tom Cruise to tumble around in an airplane for the mummy. Totally. Um, so also, I'm, for him to set up, fun fact behind the scenes, set up massage tents for cast to take advantage of, but then they're getting a hard sell about Scientology while they're getting a massage. Is that true? Yes. I would handle that. Yeah, I yeah. would too. I'd feel that. Yeah. Exactly. Now I'm doubting myself. He definitely has done that. I think it was on The Mummy. It could be on another movie. A little shiatsu I'm not totally sure. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Do that. Do they have the, 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 like, the like butt inflation <laughs> oh corner or anything where they inflate the seat of your pants? Like <laughs> They offer that to you as a complimentary service. Yeah. On behalf of Mr. Cruz, we'd like to offer you this butt inflation. We'd, offer, we'd like to offer you more more cushion. Yeah. <laughs> For, you know, whatever you'd like to do with it, pushing or otherwise. <laughs> Everyone look up Tom Cruise, Valkyrie butt. It's one of my favorite things on it's the internet. It's incredible. Uh, and then there are uh, a couple universes that we may never see. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one to me is, quite frankly, confusing. I myself have taken a stab at a mental exercise seeing how you could possibly pull this off. Uh-huh. The connected slasher universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, hold on. I know no one wants this. I do. I would totally take this. If it's this. done well, people yeah. want it. From I'll the watch, outset, I'll watch anything yeah. horror or slashery pretty pretty much. I used to think of the 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 following. This yeah. goes back this is a few years old this mm -hmm. idea, but I think that it might still be the beginning germ of an idea. Yeah. I was thinking about all the famous slashers, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, and I almost started to lump them into teams uh -huh. in a weird way. Um, Freddy Krueger could easily lead a pack of killers to try yeah. to do something. Uh, Michael Myers and uh, Freddy Krueger uh, and uh, Jason Voorhees. Mm -hmm. Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees both being like tall, silent killers right. in masks. They could just be his thugs. Yeah, they're almost yeah. identical. Yeah, they no, could, that's totally true. They could be on two separate teams that are going up against each other or something. Yep. Freddy is leading the charge with Jason against Michael Myers mm -hmm. and – I don't know, some other really talkative, yeah. you know, Chucky. Yeah. Chucky right, or something. Right. Chucky and Freddy are fighting with each other. Right. And they're they're corralling all these serial killers or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? That works. They just start connecting them all. Who cares? Which would then lead to a spinoff of movies called The Final Girls, uh -huh. where uh uh, you know, uh Jamie Lee Curtis yep. uh starts getting all of the characters that survived those various movies and forming a task force of mm -hmm. all the final girls to go finally kill yeah. Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers. Maybe totally. that's even the central conflict is 
two teams, a team of survivors and a team of killers. Or right. Something. And one has to destroy the other. Yeah. End this once and for all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, feel I would like totally watch that. It's almost Especially weirder Jamie that Lee no Curtis one, was in it. I know. Yeah. It's almost weirder than no one has tried that. I guess they do the little mini team up things or not even team up, but like Freddy versus Jason. Even that was, like that. that was 20 years ago. Oh God, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. don't do this stuff. They don't no, make they the don't slasher really. movies anymore. No, I know. They haven't. They made a. Uh, they rebooted Nightmare on they, Elm Street like a decade ago. Yeah, but I think because Halloween was such a huge hit that although I'm surprised that we haven't heard more news about them in development. Yep. If yeah. there was going to be a boom, it would mm. be coming this year or next year. I know, and you'd be hearing about the projects. We were hearing about Halloween. All yeah, in the no, lead up totally to right. October last year, we would have heard something by now if something was coming out October. I know this that year. is weird. I wonder why. Huh? Yeah. I wonder what the it's weird. I wonder what the psychosocial reasons are. I don't know why. I, from a business standpoint, you know how yeah. cheap it is to make those. That's yeah. why they got made in the first place, right? And they get popular mm-hmm. if you do them well. Yeah. You know, this is surprising. It is surprising. I wonder if, in the same way. That they canceled Fear on MTV partially because 9-11 was so upsetting. Right. I wonder if there's stuff about like what's going on in the world right now and what we're kind of paying a little bit more attention to and speaking up about more now. Just like a, a lot of injustices kind of across the board. Yeah. That makes it seem less viable to have – I don't know, like a, a a guy on screen slashing and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. I wonder. I guess. I'm only to give this now, so it's half baked. But I, I wonder if there's anything there. There were only ever really two pops of the slasher genre, mm-hmm. and the one was in like the late 70s and 80s. Yeah. And then started to die. Right. Around the 90s. Right. Uh, and then when Scream brought it back, and that only lasted for. I know, not long. Not long. That was a boom. Six years, seven years, something like boom. that. It was a good boom. Good boom. It was a fun boom. Yeah. But even they had to like find a new reason to make slashers relevant again. I know. And for them, it wasn't even about making them paranormal. It was about making them whodunits. Right. So like maybe it's just like we don't have our hook. I know. For now. I know. I wonder what it'll be. It is surprising. Yeah. I didn't thought about it. I kind of took for granted that we were going to get a bunch of slashers again after Halloween. But you're right. There's been no news. Nope. No news. I've been waiting. Shucks. Been waiting and watching. Yeah. Was not the biggest fan of the Halloween movie that came out last year. Nor I. But it was a big hit. So I would have thought that it would spawn a bunch of copycats. Yeah. I'm like, especially like in a day and age where you could could make a Freddy Krueger movie that's Mm -hmm. genuine. Like, there's no better time to make a Freddy Krueger movie when we have access to like CGI that is this. Like interested, like you could really do some creative. Yeah, you could stuff really do something character. really disgusting with a tongue. Well, you could, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of tongue stuff. There's a there, lot huh? of tongue stuff. In yeah. <laughs> really CGI one up right nice. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. uh, there you have it. The yeah. the horror possibilities in the Marvel universe. Well, I hope that happens. I would love it if that would happen. That'd be really sweet. I hope this idea is on the wind. Yeah. Somehow. It'd be great. I mean, I used to... I hope it's in the collective unconscious. You picked it up and it's already in development. That'd be great. There was a period in in time where I was one of those people that was really cynically against the Marvel movies Mm -hmm. and just being like, What's with the, the, all the cliffhangers at the end of it? They're not even movies anymore. Oh, it's so fun. And I was so against it. I was so like uh, annoyed by them. Yeah. But now, and, and I used to say at the time, I was like, is there going to be a day mm-hmm. where movies are just all part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And yeah, if you want to yeah. watch like a romantic comedy, it's always going to be between two comic book characters. Yeah, right. Because it's just, it's just taken over everything. Yeah. And like all the biopics we got are going to be about Stan Lee. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, you know what? They've mm-hmm. proven that they know how to make a damn entertaining Absolutely. movie. 
in, in terms of like movies being entertainment, mm-hmm. like no one's doing it better. The same way that cliches are cliches for a reason. Like the Marvel movies are big hits. I have wide appeal yep. for a reason. They're appealing. They're doing a really good job. Yeah. Even when they tried to make Star Wars. Uh-huh like fit sort of that like format yeah it's not working and people are annoyed at it yeah, yeah. meanwhile 22 movies in a row i know it's crazy they've not taken a year off right since they started and they're all good yeah or at least like acceptable totally the worst movie is still like uh, yeah I saw, I saw it fun yeah. or whatever and most yeah. of them are like well that was great yeah sure make some horror movies then like if, absolutely if you're gonna apply yeah. that to horror movies i'll be in heaven I, i'll be way into that yeah um, so i don't really love horror mixed up with my action in a i way. guess i don't either but you gotta make so, it smaller scale yeah that's the thing like i don't want to see necessarily like all those people like running into battle with like swords held high right. i'd rather it be a little bit more just scary and human in a way yeah so i'm not sure now that i say that but yeah. I'm still I, I want to nurture horror projects out there in the world yeah. so that it spawns other horror projects for so for that reason alone i want this yep but i'm sure they'd make it cool yeah i bet they would yeah i bet they would i bet they would well anyway there you have it. That's right. It's when you're braving the horrors of the movie theater this weekend. Yeah. When you're shouldering past people and, and trying to get the popcorn before somebody else does. Yeah, that's right. Think about the way that Marvel movies could truly chill that your soul. That suggests that you're serving popcorn yourself or something like that. Like, I get to this first. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> You'll all get it. Four kernels of popcorn on, yeah. on like the counter. It's a mad dash. Yeah. Uh, so there you go, everybody. That brings us to the end of another mm-hmm. episode of Guide to the Unknown. That's right. So you can find us all over the internet at GTTU Pod before next week. So on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we're at that URL. You can also join our secret group on Facebook if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU Pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com yep. if you want to give a little something back to us. We would greatly yep. appreciate it. Yep. Uh, and other than that, if you want to talk to us, we're both online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at The Myth Traveler. So come back right. in one week's time when Chris and I will be digging back into the weird world of horror, mm-hmm. the world of the weird. Yeah, the world of the weird. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to another world, go we. Thank <laughs> you.